0: So this is a week that we gather around our Thanksgiving tables, and this is a weekend in the life of the church where we talk about our commitment to God, our giving in the new year. So we begin with this story out of the book of Acts. Now, the book of Acts tells us how the church was spreading and just being formed. These, are, these people were hearing about Jesus for the very first time. Paul and his companions were traveling around the nations, around the Mediterranean Sea. And we hear this story when they're in Macedonia and the city named Philippi. We pick this up in the 16th chapter. On the Sabbath we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. Now the Lord opened her heart To respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. Lydia, Picture Lydia hearing about Jesus for the first time. Now, she was a believer in the Lord, meaning that she believed in what we call the Old Testament, but she was hearing the story of Jesus for the very first time, about his healing, his teaching and preaching, the story of the suffering death and resurrection, conquering death of Jesus Christ. It's hard for us to even... Picture somebody hearing that for the first time, right? We live in a culture where everybody thinks, I already know the story, you know, I'm I'm over it. But these people were hearing it for the very first time. Lydia, Lydia, a dealer in purple cloths, fascinating. Because we tend not to think about women in the Bible being entrepreneurs, having their own business. But Lydia was someone who dealt in purple cloth, expensive cloth, not green Purple, purple cloth. And she heard Paul's message about Jesus and she instantly was committed. She was all in because just in a couple sentences, it says she was baptized, but not just her. Now remember, Paul and them were gathering, that was just women there. Her family wasn't with her. But within a couple sentences, it says her whole household was baptized. So we're going to talk about Lydia, but we're also going to talk about Lydia's husband. Now, here's how I picture Lydia's husband. There he is, sitting in the chair, slumped down with the newspaper and the cigarette. Lydia's in the back. She's going to church. I mean, I picture Lydia's husband's at home. She gets all on fire. She comes home and says, hey, you're going to be baptized. I'm going to be what? What just happened? Her whole household was baptized. She instantly shared this story of Jesus with others. She was all in. She was committed. Now, I got to tell you, this this, uh, Norman Rockwell painting, well, we don't have the painting, just the print, but it hangs in our bedroom. This is mine. Cheryl's mother gave two two of these to us when we were first married. This is mine, which is sort of ironic, right? Because that's not me. I got to go to church every Sunday. I mean, they pay me to be there so I don't get to sit in the chair with the paper and the cigarette. And then Cheryl has the one where the, the little girl takes her doll to the doctor, and the doctor has the stethoscope on the on the doll. But these these have hung in our bedroom our whole, whole married life. I, 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 I look at it a lot of Sunday mornings and it brings a smile to my face. But this is how I picture Lydia's husband. And you know, we all have some Lydia's husbands in our life, don't we? We all have people that make it, or try to make it through life without Jesus, without church. So what does it mean to be all in? Liddy was all in and she instantly was sharing. To be all in means to talk about church outside of church, to talk about church to non-church folks. The people you work with, do they know you go to church? Do they know you're one of these people? That go to church. Talk about church outside of church. Talk about it to non church people. Tell stories about what happens in church. I mean, you're here this morning. It was pretty cold out, wasn't it? Could have slept in, but why are you here? Because this means something to you, right? This, this is important in your life. You know, for many of us, if we're not here on a Sunday, the whole week feels off. This is important to you. So tell the stories of what, you know, drop some names when you're talking, say, oh, when I was in church this week, uh, tell the stories of church. You can take pics. You know, last week we did selfie Sunday. Take pics while you're waiting for church. You know, when we go on vacation, when we go to a fancy restaurant, we're sharing on social media, but sit in church and take a picture of the stained glass windows or something and say, I'm waiting for church. I'm in church. So people know you're in church. You can share that everywhere and invite people to something at church. So often we get stuck on, we can only invite people to worship. And then that seems sort of risky. You know, maybe they're not into that. people live their lives wondering if they're making a difference in the world. And we here make a lot of difference. You know, last week we packed groceries, invite people to do that. Once a year we gather and pack 12,000 meals for Rise Against Hunger. In the new year we're hoping to build another house in the parking lot. Invite people to something like that when they feel like they have made a difference in the world and they'll get their their toe wet in church. Invite people to something about church. Lydia was all in, so she was sharing the story of Jesus. Lydia, her husband, the whole household, I don't know how many people were there, they were all baptized. And then she had something. She had a home So she shared that. She invited Paul and his companions. So picture Lydia's husband. Not only is he baptized, but all these strangers are coming in to the house. Lydia was committed. Lydia was all in. So what does it mean to be committed? What does it mean to be all in? And what does it mean to be all in in terms of our giving? God's idea of giving is a tithe. That's not a word we use very often. But a tithe is 10% of our income. I know, is that before taxes or after taxes? You know, because a lot comes out. It doesn't really matter. The idea is to think about what you've been given as that comes from God. And what percentage am I giving back to God? Because sometimes we think about church, you know, we go to a restaurant, we pay the bill. That's what we pay for that service. Sometimes when we come to church, we think we're just putting something in to pay for the service that we receive. But we need to start thinking not about paying for church, but about giving to God. That what we have comes from God. All of what we have comes from God. What portion, what percentage are we giving back to God? Now, when we think about a tithe in terms of our income, it can be a little overwhelming. So let's look at it in terms of apples to apples, okay? You know, we all go to work. We get a paycheck or direct deposit, or maybe we're retired and um, Social Security goes in, uh, pension goes in, but all of our income comes from God. So this this is my income here. This is your income. They're all different. And what God desires or what God asks is a tithe, is 10%. God wants this much. We get to keep all of that. Now, when you do it with apples, it looks pretty good, right? Imagine if someone said the Steelers have a 90% chance of winning today. That'd be pretty good, Right? If you get a diagnosis and the doctor says you have a 90% chance of surviving, that is wonderful. Anything else in the world when you say you get to keep 90%, someone wants just 10%. But when we think about 10% of our income, it, it can be a little overwhelming. Because you know the government takes a lot and then there's the mortgage Payment And the car payment, and you know what gas costs nowadays, our, our money goes fast. And we tend to spend at whatever level we make. You know, if, if you're like me and myself and Cheryl, as we've gotten older, we make way more than we did when we were younger and our girls. Literally, we make almost four times what we made when our girls were little, so we have all this money just sitting around the house that we have no idea what to do with. Is, is that the way it is at your house? <laughs> no, it's it's not like that because we as human beings spend at the level of our income. You know, whatever we're earning, and even when we earn more, we spend at that level. And, and then maybe we retire and we have to adjust and we have to adjust down to spending at that level. But we tend to spend at the level that our income comes in. So trying to get to to 10% can be hard. And it's it's proved out by statistics because you would think that regular churchgoers, you know, if God's asking for 10% and they get to keep all this, well they would be giving 10%, but studies show us in in America that regular church attenders which we know are fewer and fewer give three percent of their income. Now, how do they figure that out? They they simply do you know average giving to churches and mean income in an area, but normal church givers are giving three percent of their income. And if if you are giving at three percent, four or five, how do you get to? the tithe. How do you get to giving the full 10% to God? Or a tithe is uh, 10% of your income, that's a goal. So where are you now, and how do you get there? Well, we can help with that. All of you probably received a stewardship letter at home, and in it was a uh, percentage chart and in the pews there's envelopes there if you want to pick those up that have that percentage chart and a and a commitment card if you're you're ready to make a commitment but we can look at wow that's a lot of numbers that's that's pretty overwhelming at first right. But it's, but it's pretty simple. It's a pretty simple tool. On, on the left, you simply figure your annual income. And you can do it before taxes, after taxes. It does, you can do it ballpark. You know, if there are two salaries, you just add them together. Or maybe you're paid weekly, so you figure out what you receive every week. But you basically find where you are. Like for this example, let's just say, you know, a family brings in $70,000 in a year. So if you go across to the green column, if you give 10% a tithe, it's $135 a month. $135 a month if your income is $70,000. But what you can use this for is to see where you're at. You know, figure where whatever your income is, if it's $70,000, then you just go across. What am I giving a week? Am I giving 50? dollars Dollars or 60, you know, if I'm if I'm given $67 a week, then I'm giving five percent of my income. And it and it shows you where you're at. And, and you shouldn't be depressed if you end up in the five, six, seven, three, four, whatever. It's just God, God knows what you're giving. And God knows what your expenses are. It's simply a tool to find out where am I? How can I think about my giving to God as a percentage of my income, not just paying for the service of going to church? And if you're at the 5%, you cannot jump immediately to the tithe. Nobody has all that money sitting around their house. But can you make one step? can you go one column can you go from 5% to 6 or if you're at 7 can you go from 7 to 8 and then maybe in a year or so maybe when a car is paid off you can move another step moving towards that goal of a tithe god gives us so much and what he wants is 10% of that and we get to keep all of this for our life so as we close with our last hymn, if, if you are ready to fill out a commitment card, you can, you can do that and put it in the basket up front here. Or maybe you want to take this home and have a kitchen table conversation with your family and, and really take some time. I mean, I mean, how many of us would buy a house and never think about what it cost or how we'd pay for it? Would you buy a truck or car? and not wonder what's a monthly payment. The commitment card is simply a way of trying to set a goal, have a plan of what you're going to give to God next year. And, and, you know, some people are afraid of it because they think, well, what if something happens and I can't give that? That's okay. God knows when something happens. It's simply an idea of setting a goal or having a plan. That by filling out the card you're saying to God... You're saying to the church, and you're saying to yourself, God, you have done so much for me. This is what I hope. This is what I plan. This is my goal to give to you in 2023.